If you say carajo or coño at least once a day, take three sips. How many sips would you take for that? Oh, I guess it's, well, I always thought it was either or, so I would, I would take three sips. <laughs> if you are Latino and don't speak Spanish, take two sips. All right, I'll just take one because I, I can speak it. <laughs> fair, fair. Hey, hey, one of the moves listeners, it's your host, Leanne. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think about the holidays, I think about sharing some laughs, drinks, maybe a good game or two with the family. That's the kind of feeling founder Carolina Acosta set to create when she made Tragos, a card game that celebrates Latino tradition and cultural isms. It's got quite an impressive history, too. Latina run and self-funded, the game has made more than $1 million since its founding two years ago. And earlier this year, Carolina earned a Forbes 30 Under 30 founder title. So to say I was excited to speak with her is kind of an understatement. Today, we're going to talk about her journey to entrepreneurship and why she decided to start Tragos, which became a viral tabletop game. For people listening who may not have heard of Tragos, can you describe it to somebody who may not have never played it before? Sure, of course. So Tragos is uh, the ultimate party game for Latinos. It is 109 cards that come in a small pack. You can grab it in your hand, bring it over to, you know, the next game night. And it's very, very simple to play. You just pick up a card on your turn and you basically follow the prompt as you heard um, that will either prompt you to take a few sips or uh, will contain other card types like like group trivia or um, challenges uh, between players. So it's a, it's a lot of fun. People usually play with alcohol, but we don't, um, you know, we, we don't say either or you can play with with juice or um, you know non-alcoholic if you're playing with family Um, but it's a good time for friends and family overall yeah absolutely so right here I'm sitting with three full decks Um, there's a Mi Tierra expansion pack there's Tragos en Español and then there's Tragos what seems to be like the original deck so talk to me about what cards come to mind when you think of these decks and the difference between them sure Yeah, so Tragos is all about embracing the Latino culture. So every card that you'll see in there is relevant to something that you experienced growing up Latino or U.S. Latino because that's our main demographic. Um, But there is such an overlap that you see within the vast culture that that is, um, you know, Latinidad within, I guess, across the world, I'd say. Um, so the first pack uh, actually came a lot from my own personal experience. A lot of it came from growing up in a diverse neighborhood in Queens, New York, where I had friends that were from all over Latin America. And so I guess that kind of stuck with me. And myself, I'm half Colombian, half Dominican. And so those are two very different subcultures within themselves. And the experience that I had just growing up. It just kind of came out on paper. It was a fun concept that came about. And the the cards themselves just 
show my personal experience and within, um, you know, getting all the feedback from friends and family as I was producing the game, it kind of led to cards that felt completely general enough that people from various backgrounds within Latin America could also connect with. Yeah. And I feel like that's so that's not necessarily an easy task to to develop a a game that appeals to all Latinos. We are so different. How did you kind of decide to build something that is very diverse and speaks to all Latinos? I think that the the more we worked on Tragos, the more I realized that that was a challenge (laughs) because uh, the more the, the bigger that Dragos got, the wider its audience and the more feedback, of course. So when we first launched it, we definitely got um, the immediate response like, oh, this is so funny because it's true. Haha, <laughs> I get it. Um, but now that we're that we've increased our our viewership there, uh, there's, uh, you know, people think that we're either too Mexican or this doesn't apply to Mexicans at all. (laughs) We've heard that a lot. Or um, some people have said that the game feels very Caribbean, which I kind of see that. Uh, So it's, it's always, it's a work in progress, I'd say. And as long as we get most of our audience saying like, Hey, this is this connect, like I can connect to this, this relates to me, then I feel like we're definitely on the right track. So now walk me back a little bit and how did you become inspired to create Tragos and to really go pursue this as a entrepreneurship venture? Yeah. So, well, the concept of Tragos came uh, very simply. It was a conversation I had with a colleague of mine and we are from different ethnic backgrounds. He's Asian, I'm Latina. And um, we definitely bonded over having um, a lot of overlap within our cultures as diverse as they were. And so when we talked about a cultural drinking game, we actually started working just for fun on these two different cultural products at the same time um, with him, you know, obviously working on the Asian one and me spearheading what is now Tragos. And the more I worked on it, and again, just for fun, the more I realized that I myself wanted to play the game. And not just that, as a US millennial, like I love board games, I love drinking games, but as a Latina, there's not, there was nothing out there that I saw that was like this concept. And it, it didn't take long to realize that there is a huge market out there for Uh, millennial Latinos and Gen Z now that it's completely overlooked and it's you know that they're very there are a lot of industries that that overlook this market and it's growing every year and I guess the opportunity just just marked itself there right in front of me and not just for myself to to play the game but I noticed that as soon as we launched it was something that everybody felt that they could really resonate with which was really powerful and motivating me and making it an actual company. So I think it's so uh, fascinating that you've also made it very public that, you know, you have a business partner and that it kind of takes a village to put this together. Um, you being a Latina entrepreneur is certainly super symbolic, especially in a year like this, um, when Latinos, you know, we were at, at peaks in, in, in producing new businesses, in going and getting higher education and entering the workforce, but also the fact that you were able to kind of assemble this, this squad, this business squad. How did you start building this, this squad or this board, your local board of directors who kind of helped you bring these different um, 
business strengths to put together something like Dragos? So the first thing I did was look at my network and those closest to me. So the people I have working with me right now um, with a little bit of bias are people that I either grew up with, are really close friends with now, or just tapped into my network and met them and just found that they had great potential in helping me build Dragos. And they all have so much to give. They basically have have their own departments within the business. And it's funny to say because we all started off just helping and and now everyone um, has definitely found their place. So I think, you know, look, look to see who's talented around you, put trust into them and know that you can't do it alone. Mm-hmm. So to see the incredible, at least from my standpoint, the traction that it's gained online and the the followership that it's gotten on Instagram, you have well over 31,000 followers. And by the time the interview, this interview runs, it may be even more at that point. <laughs> Talk to me about who your follower base is and what the power of online virality holds for a business, especially in a year like 2020. Yes. Well, 2019 was definitely a more up and up for us, I guess for the world too. And I think social media definitely had a lot to do with our growth. We saw this spike that came out of nowhere last year in, I believe it was June, where one minute somebody commented and through word of mouth, it just kind of spread like wildfire. We went from 10 orders a day to like a thousand and we were not prepared for that at all, but we realized that, okay, yes, this is a product that people want for sure. And also the, the power of the internet, which is what we were hoping for, but not expecting it, I guess, um, humbly thinking so. So yeah, I mean, the, the followers that we have, we, we definitely put a lot of work and love into our content. We don't mm-hmm. just kind of spit out anything. And honestly, it, it's a lot of work because we started off just producing the game. But when it comes to brand awareness and having people understand like who we are, aside from just the products, we've worked a lot in shaping that, that like that perspective, I guess. Um, no, we just don't want to get people drunk. It's no, we want to embrace our Latinidad. We want to do better for our community. We make it clear that we are trying to help out organizations when we can create campaigns for, um, you know, certain, certain, um, I guess, causes that are timely. So for um, COVID, we, we reacted to that and created a campaign to raise funds um, for uh, undocumented labor workers that weren't getting funding for the, from the government. Mm-hmm. Um, and we continue to run this campaign. And we've done the same thing um, with other crises we've seen in the past year and a half. So I guess to go back to the question of our, our audience, our followers, they're people that we really want to connect with on a personal level, engage with them as much as possible, um, more so than just kind of um, show off products, if you will. Yeah, I mean, I think that that ties in very well with a a lot of companies of all sizes and the way that they're leaning into the advantage that 
company like Tragos has is that you already have the Latino community, which I do feel a lot of companies are are trying to tap into this demographic. Uh, one of them, not as business-esque, but certainly tied to it, is the presidential election, right? So right. to have to have this audience at your fingertips is no small feat. And obviously in a very authentic way. Right. It's really weird to, well, because I am part of that demographic to see um, the marketing tactics lately from different industries and different companies. And so some nail it, some are like, oh, that that's actually pretty smart. Um, but others, I guess uh, it, it's hard unless you have a team on your side that understands the culture themselves than trying to learn it with that outside perspective, because sometimes you just miss things like, if you don't know what Ado is like right off the bat, then so, it's, things sometimes just don't click click as quickly. Yeah, no, I completely agree. There's, it's nothing like actually having the people on your team, right, with that skill set. So, I mean, I think this feeds very well into my next question, which is all about what it means to be Latino in the U.S. I think you are going to get a lot of definitions. Earlier in our conversation, you said if if you may say Latinx, because even saying Latinx is 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 a deba- divisive topic. Right. Yes, I I tread carefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like do I say Latino, Latinx, Latine? Latine, um, yeah. So many varieties, and depending where uh, in the camp you come from, maybe none of those are an acceptable answer because we are just so different. But something that I feel like you can certainly speak to with a lot of authority, among other things that's relevant to this interview, is being a Latina entrepreneur, which I think is super powerful. And I think that there, based on numbers that we saw, there were a surge of Latino business owners, especially at the top of the year that we were seeing, we had as Latinos collective, we had a more than 30% lead on any other um, group segment in the United States and new business leads. And I think that this is not a coincidence. There is a leaning into by our community to build wealth. And one of those ways to do so is through entrepreneurship. But what does being a Latina entrepreneur mean to you? And what has it looked like since, since you started? Right. And I agree to your point that I think we are definitely coming out of our shell and seeing it even just growing up. I think a lot of us feel this way. I'm not speaking for anyone in particular, but at least from my perspective, growing up Latino or Latina, um, you know, your parents kind of told you to do well in school, do your best to um, do your best to fit in and kind of just try to excel. And I think in some cases you might have wanted to come off as not Latino because people would judge you or think less of you um, or, or think that you don't belong in, in some cases. And then being a woman, that's yet another challenge. So I always try to create a confidence um, that wasn't um, of a Latin female <laughs> and growing, uh, like getting into my career, it was mostly graphic design, but it was in the startup world in New York city, which was full of just older men in suits. And, you know, I was the small person in the office coming in with creative ideas and just trying to own that because you had to, or else people wouldn't have confidence in what you were, in what you were offering. And so that is something that I always, that I always held with me. And it wasn't until Tragos and until kind of tapping more into that Latinidad for myself 
that I realized that it is an actual powerful tool and it comes at a great time right now, even as I started, because I started connecting with people that I wanted to connect with that felt like they needed to connect with someone or something. And we still do. And people are, I think, feel also more inclined to um, show that pride for, for their culture more in recent years, especially in 2019. Maybe it has something to do with the politics recently. I'd say yes. Um, and also just, you know, the landscape of what our country has been looking like that we are feeling more united or feeling more proud of who we are. And so now comes a time where, yes, the product, I can speak to it more clearly because of my culture, but it's also because of the people that I have connected, connected with and, and met along the way from the moment that I was started and even more so now that I can say, yes, being Latina is freaking awesome <laughs> because you get to understand um, people's journeys and and definitely inspire. And I think that ha that that is like one of the best things that have come out of it for me, um, being able to inspire other Latinas and say, you can absolutely do this, no question. Like, it doesn't matter that you're a guy or you're not, um, you know, uh, not, not Latino. <laughs> I think that there, there, there is uh, something to be said about you being an example for other people who want to be uh, entrepreneurs who are Latina or who are uh, currently underrepresented in this space, because I can for sure tell you that that won't always be the case. So what advice would you offer to first-time entrepreneurs? What have you learned in the last two years that you might offer to somebody who's just starting out? So I say this across the board uh, for any type of entrepreneur. And again, I've learned this from other entrepreneurs within that startup um, world and you know, friends that are entrepreneurs as well. If you're going to work like crazy at building um, a business, it has to definitely be something that you're passionate about or else it'll kind of show um, and it'll, it might burn you out and you won't love what you're doing. And that's, uh, you know, a lot of startups, startups fail. So why not um, have that passion and make it worth it? And I'd also say having that mindset, which is kind of what I was talking about earlier is, um, you know, you, you don't have to consider yourself like a victim because of your demographic or your identity take it and own it and never underestimate yourself um, and always, you know, find the strengths um, within that identity that, that you can, whatever you call yourself, there, there's always um, strengths and weaknesses, but always play into the strengths because that is what, what's going to differentiate you from the next entrepreneur.